Welcome to Sing Second Sports podcast number six. This is a podcast for Naval Academy sports fans about Naval Academy sports. I am John Schofield. Joining me as always is my co-host Ward Carroll. Following up that really good 83 with an 80 yesterday, really solid work. Uh, you know, had a chance to shoot in the 70s and then like me, double bogeyed 18 at the gorgeous Queentown, Queenstown Golf Course, and also our special guest joining us every week, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. So Wags, I'll jump right into it. You have been a busy little bee um, reading the Annapolis Capitol sports section. I'm happy that there's a sports section again, a dedicated sports section, um, but a lot going on out there. Um, if you can, you know, just talk about the, uh, you know, the biggest elephant in the room, which is Naval Academy football in Notre Dame. We put something special out on Facebook Live, but it, here's your chance to expound a little bit on it. Well, first of all, I'll tell the listeners that I was, um, I don't play golf well enough to be invited to join the Sing Second Sports foursome. You know, you you guys are shooting in the low 80s. My goodness. I mean, I've been told to work on my game at Crofton Country Club until I'm capable of joining the great Ward Carroll, who it was, what are you, a five handicap, Ward? Oh, God. So, so first off, who told you that? Because <laughs> that's not true. You're very welcome. <laughs> and you should be part of the sing second foursome. Because um, just as easy as I could shoot an 80, I could shoot a 95, as these two guys know. So, um, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. And my handicap as we sit here is a 13 point something. Well, so it's a good thing that I wasn't golfing because uh, there was a lot going on. Uh, my day started at 4 a.m. I knew I had a scoop with the Navy, Navy Notre Dame game and being held in Annapolis. Um, and we were posting it at 7 a.m. because there's no point going much earlier than that because there's no one on blind to see it. So and I didn't want to put it on at 5 a.m. and have people steal it by the time the rest of the world was awake. But I was concerned that Ireland is five hours ahead of us and that news would somehow break there, especially since I knew that Chuck Gladshuck was having a teleconference with the organizing committee in Dublin to discuss the situation, decisions that had been made. So uh, I was up at 4 a.m. scouring Twitter just to make sure nothing broke, because if it did, I was going to bump my story and make it live. But Navy and Notre Dame jointly announced the decision, uh, and obviously it's a very unique, creative solution to the issue. And uh, we don't know for sure that the game will be held still as we sit here in this environment, but it's looking very hopeful, and it was a good idea. Um, then uh, I got on a telephone call with Chet Gladchuk because, you know, I wanted to break it down a little more beyond just the basics. And Chet was able to do a deep dive and kind of talk about a lot of the of logistics and things that are going into it. One thing I can say is that it appears the Navy football players will be brought back to the academy in July and will quarantine just like the plebes, the incoming plebes. And they will begin practice late July because they need six weeks before they play this Notre Dame game. So 
that's one interesting element. Um, and I'm going to, Ken Niamatololo, by the way, who's been in Hawaii since Navy spring break, is due back in Annapolis next week. So I hope to get Ken on the phone and talk to him a little bit about, you know, how, how the whole operation of this and what's going to be done to get prepared in pandemic for a football game. Uh, so that's very interesting. And then no sooner had I got done with Chuck Gladchuck, but I see that Malcolm Perry's agent posts to Twitter, congratulations to Malcolm on signing his contract with the Dolphins. So I quickly called Malcolm, who's always you know, such a great kid, answered the phone. How are you doing, Mr. Wagner? Good to hear from you. And I said, uh, I see, I hear you signed. Is that true? And he said, yes, I signed yesterday. And it turns out that the signing went hand in hand with him receiving approval from the Department of Defense to play pro football. So the new policy is in effect. And Malcolm Perry is the very first Service Academy graduate to benefit from the new pro sports policy put forth by the Department of Defense. So a lot of stuff to unpack there. And, and then in addition to all of that is where Chelling Garns, you know, declared that he was going to uh, Wake Forest uh, after he had entered into the transfer portal. We talked about all the names in the transfer portal last week on the pod. So obviously a really big football week. If you checked out our Facebook Live when we posted it on Wednesday, uh, our conversation with Scott Strassmeyer, not a whole lot of granularity about uh, the rest of the football season, um, you know, so hopefully that comes together. But I'll ask Ward from your perspective, you know, Wags wrote a, a great piece about it that in the first time in the 90 plus year history of this uh, rivalry between Navy and Notre Dame. And we all know the stories about how the Naval Academy kind of kept Notre Dame alive during World War, uh, was it two or one? Yeah, um, World War II, World War II. Two. That's why I'm asking you. I think that was your youngster year at the Naval <laughs> Academy Award. So what what does it mean to you as, number one, a graduate, number two, a fan, the idea of Notre Dame football coming to Annapolis? Well, yeah, you're right. That was my youngster year. And as you know, I went on to win the Battle of Midway after that. Um, <laughs> so thank me for my service. So, John, my as we said uh, uh, during our Facebook Live hit, uh, from the second green at Queenstown. The devil is in the details. The thing that Strass was unable to answer and the things that Chet has alluded to in terms of social distancing are what I'm already seeing in my class email trails are questions about, hey, are we tailgating? What's going on? This is great news, right? So if the stadium is only going to be filled to, let's say, 30% capacity, are they expecting to be to the, the ticket receipt revenue to be the same? So does that jack up ticket prices by 60%? Um, you know, all of these kinds of questions. These are the things that, that my world is, is sort of wondering about. And then, as I've said on the show before, uh, I'm part of the, the chain gang for home games. Uh, my class does the chain gang. I've already asked Gary Sandala, who's the, the leader of the chain gang, are we working this game? Because what goes into that then? Are we going to have to do a, a COVID-19 test like beforehand or are we going to have to isolate? Or what, what, what are the rules for, you know, the, the, the like, and, and like for instance, WAGS, I don't know if you've heard anything about if you're going to be covering the game, are there any protocols beyond wearing a mask and whatever that we have to follow to just be allowed into the stadium, right? 
uh, you know, because we'll be, I'll, I will be right next to players, you know, um, and, and so that's a function of being part of the chain gang. Uh, and uh, so I don't know what the answers are at this point. It's very exciting, as we said yesterday during the Facebook Live hit. This uh, development is fantastic. Very exciting that this could occur at Navy Marine Corps Stadium, but there is a lot of questions that have to be answered uh, in the next few weeks. Well, those are all very good questions, and yes, I expect to cover the game. If Navy and Notre Dame play in Annapolis at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, I'm going to be there. Strauss has indicated I will be one of the media allowed into the press box, although we heard from Strauss during our Facebook Live session. It's going to be very limited, and there's going to be a lot of unhappy media when they find out they've been cut out. I mean, I go to Notre Dame, and the South Bend Tribune has five writers there. Well, they may only get one in Annapolis. I'll only get one. We usually have a backup writer at most Navy home games, and they probably will say, no, you're limited to one. Um, so they're, but, and yeah, they're going to have to have a chain gang. You can't play a football without a chain gang. And that's, I thought of you immediately. And yeah, you're probably going to have to get tested, cleared. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Now that said, we don't know three months from now if social distancing is still going to be a thing, um, whether it's still going to be a requirement. I can tell you right now, I'm seeing a lot of people who don't social distance anymore. Uh, people that are letting their guard down. I don't know if it's going to prove a problem or not. We'll see. But a lot of people have already forgotten about social distancing, but that would clearly, we'll see come Labor Day if social distancing is even still a requirement in the state of Maryland. But yes, you're right. A lot of questions without many answers and they're going to wait as long as they can to start providing answers. But I don't know how late we, by, by mid July, we're going to have to have details. So For sure. we, uh, we played with Carl Tamulevich, who's basically the XO of the alumni or the athletic association. Um, some guy, I don't know who he was. He was, a, he's a lacrosse player from the old days as well. Uh, said, hey, tickets are 500 bucks. He just kind of said this out of nowhere. Um, and uh, so the rumors are already flying uh, about, uh, you know, these exorbitant ticket prices. Uh, so, you know, again, like you said, Wags, there's a lot of details that we're going to have to figure out. Yeah, and I think what, what we were talking about with Strass before is, you know, I look at it from – you know, the, the entirety of, of the experience, which is, I am a proud, although I live in Arnold, I like to think of myself as an Annapolitan. And I, I think of businesses that have been paralyzed for the last two and a half months and, and hopeful that a Naval Academy football season comes back with some smidge of normalcy after downtown Annapolis lost boat shows, lost commissioning week, lost everything. Now you have something truly unique like Notre Dame coming to Navy Marine Corps Stadium, and in what in what way they play that with whatever number of fans, you know, like we keep saying, that'll be determined. But I think, and and I don't just want to use this podcast as my platform for for complimenting the Naval Academy Athletic Association, but really to pull off something like this, particularly as you look at Major League Baseball, try to get their act together right now. You know, with owners sending proposals to players, players coming back with not only no, but F no, um, you know, go back to the drawing board. The owners won 110 game season players uh, coming back with, oh, maybe it's just 50 and, and they just can't settle on anything. And for 
for Chet and um, and the uh, Jack Swarbrick and and the rest of Notre Dame to come together and and figure this out before there's ever really been a huge announcement about college football writ large. Uh, I think is a credit to them just trying to work together on this. So. Uh, Wags, I'll tell you right now, awesome reporting. Um, you know, I, I'll I'll always say that our local p- paper here is beyond relevant. It's absolutely necessary, and uh, great plaudits from from your editor uh, at the Capitol, Rick Hutzel, about your stories and the scoop that you had. Uh, complimenting you on Twitter, the the local paper definitely matters in Annapolis. So uh, I take my hat off to you for that. We are going to go to break, and uh, when we return, we're going to have our coaches segment. We're going to be joined by Coach Paul Costacopoulos of the Naval Academy baseball team. He's going to talk a little bit about how they've adapted to COVID and, and what he's looking forward to in the season ahead. So stick with us. After the break, we'll be back. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. We are at our coaches segment. Uh, We are really happy to be joined by coach uh, Paul Costacopoulos. He is the coach of the Naval Academy baseball team. In 15 seasons as a head coach of the Navy baseball team, Costi has become the program's second winningest coach uh, with 464 as of the previous season. We'll let coach talk about the season that just was and ended very prematurely. Uh, after passing Max Bishop on the all-time victories list, he now just trails Joe Duff, who has 595 wins uh, in the all-time coaching standings. Uh, before coming to the Naval Academy, uh, Costi coached at Providence, his alma mater, and also University of Maine. Uh, in 2014, Costi was inducted into the Maine Baseball Hall of Fame. Coach, thank you very much for joining uh, Sing Second Sports, and how have you been handling the pandemic so far? You know, probably like everybody else um, in general, you know, uh, dealing with it from day to day, uh, trying to get used to uh, that pace that we all have. And and now that pace has been slowed down, but things are starting to pick back up again. Um, and you find a new way to do your job. You know, I've never looked at so many videos. I've never organized uh, so many uh, skill sets as, as far as videotape goes. Um, certainly have done an, a, an incredible amount of these zoom type meetings, uh, with not only recruits, but you know, our players, our players are so important. Our incoming players that are, are, are going to start a new life in, in basically 30 to 35 days, um, communicating with them, um, and just really trying to, uh, stay in touch with everybody. I think that's what everybody's trying to do. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's, uh, at least to some degree has been accomplished. Hey, Costi, I'll jump in here. Uh, obviously, the team was off to a remarkable start. Uh, after the season opening loss, reeled off 14 straight wins. And I think the team showed that it, it found a way to win. Penn State game comes to mind. Um, and I'm trying to remember, what, what was the game where you all, you ended up winning without even getting a hit or something like that? What was that game? That, that uh, Penn State was the game that you're referring to, Bill. You know that was a strange game. You know I always I kind of chuckle when I when I think about that game. You know you play an 11 inning game 
I think it was 11, 10 or 11 inning game. Don't get a hit. And, uh, you know, end up winning the ball game two to one, you know? So, I mean, it was just, uh, it was that kind of season and, and, um, Certainly, baseball is 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 uh, one of those games that needs to be played a lot to see where you're going to be. But the snapshot of the team that you know, at least I have from my coach's lens lenses, was was really good. Um, found a way to win. Uh, we were playing well, uh, doing the right things. We prepared really well this year. And sometimes, even in our interviews that we've had, you know, I've kind of neglected to talk about that. But our preparation uh, this season was outstanding going in. And and you know, you ask a hundred different coaches about preparation and that has a lot to do with uh, the chemistry of your team and how people work together but our preparation was really good so um you know 14 and 1 was a little surprising you know when you sweep air force which is you know always a good series when you sweep umass which is out of the atlantic 10 a solid program you beat georgetown two out of three you beat a penn state you know those are some teams that you know uh, obviously are very competitive and and uh you know like i said that start was 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 pretty good for us so um, you know, and, and like we have talked about before, just kind of, you know, poof, it, you know, it was gone, you know, and that was a very, uh, you know, it's still kind of, uh, we've, we've gotten over that part, but, uh, still kind of hard to look back and, and you always think about, I think it's human nature of what could have been. And this was definitely a season we kind of, kind of think about what could have been. Well, as you say, you did say surprising. And I was wondering, you know, if you expected the team to come together so quickly because you did lose a lot of really important pieces. Everyone knows about Noah Song, but there were some pretty good senior, other seniors on that 2019 team. Um, so, I mean, were you a little surprised today because you had to insert, insert a few more new parts and yet they came together so quickly? Yeah, I think, Bill, that's a good point. You know, if we didn't have Noah Song to talk about um, as, you know, as a, as a topic, we're going to talk about Christian Hodge. He was the player of the year last year um, in, in the conference, excuse me. Um, and uh, Liam Lauer was also all conference, uh, uh, you know, DH right fielder. Um, so we did have some pretty impactful players uh, that that uh, had graduated. And, uh, you know, uh, definitely a little bit of surprise that we were able to like, if you look at the overall staff, um, it was actually a tick better um, than, than where we had left off the season before. Uh, if you look at our offensive production run scored, it was actually a little bit better. Um, so uh, I think that's where the surprise came because we did have, you know, some pretty good players that graduated and, and, you know, we were able to, at least in the short term anyway, fill those things in pretty good. Hey, Coaches Ward, where are we with Noah? Let's talk some more. <laughs> Let Noah suck the oxygen out of the room some more. Um, what, what's your understanding of his status and, and what, where what, – can you give us an update on what Noah's doing? You know – it's it's still uh, I, I'm, I'm going to use a, a, a generic term I, I, I don't know how it will be received but we're still kind of in limbo you know um, but it's not just I think from a from a big Navy standpoint uh, it also has something to do with Major League Baseball obviously being in the state that it it is currently in also has something to do with minor league baseball looks like they're not going to play um, so I think there's so many different circumstances right now. Uh, that are going into, you know, the Noah Song situation that, um, you know, there's just really no answers, you know, right now. Um, and, or at least none that are concrete anyway, that, that I know of. Um, so we're kind of still in that wait and see mode. Speaking of Noah Song, I was going to ask you about uh, the guy we're going to talk to later, Jared Leans. Is he another Noah Song type? 
You know, it, it, it's, it's really unfair. It, it, I appreciate the question. I think it's a compliment, but it's really unfair to compare Noah to a lot of people um, from a standpoint of, of uh, they're just, they're, they're different. Effective-wise, as far as being effective in the Patriot League, um, Jared's got a real chance to be very effective in the Patriot League and very effective for our program as far as uh, what he does on the mound. He's gotten better and better. Uh, as time goes on, he's a big, tall kid. He's an athletic kid. Um, but, you know, the, the, the comparison thing, like I said, it, it, you know, you have to have perspective on that. And it, it, would hard, it, would, it would be hard to do that just simply because Noah's already done these incredible things. Um, but I do think Jared's going to be a really solid pitcher for us this year, um, you know, coming back for the 2021 season. Last season, remember, I, I'm, I work with Dennis Clift, who's friends with Bobby Applegate, um, and uh, he, he sort of was my interpreter for what was going on with Navy baseball. So I attended a bunch of games, and I just remember all the radar guns coming out when, when Noah was pitching, and otherwise they were, they were not visible. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of an interesting visual. Yeah. Yeah, Noah, Noah was unique. I mean, like I said, I think um, that – even from a historical, just just a uh, Naval Academy baseball, nobody has done um, what Noah has done. You know, maybe for sixty years. You know, um, and 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 to eclipse some of those records, if you will, are just really incredible. I mean, you're talking about a six decade, a generational player um, that comes along, and and uh, you know, it was fun to see those radar guns go up. It was fun to have that. Um, I guess you'd call it kind of importance to a ball game and all ball games are important, but you know, that, that extra significant piece, I think it was great for our players. I think they had fun with it. I think they enjoyed um, that little extra that went into last season. So everything about um, Noah's ride here at the Academy has, has been positive. And as, as we always like to think, um, you know, you're part of a team here and, and to have a little bit of that shed off on some other people and be able to experience it, I thought was, I thought was great also. And that's not talked about enough. Usually it's about where Noah's going, you know, what he's doing with the Red Sox, et cetera. But there are a lot of little things that I think uh, right inside that locker room at Navy, you know, everybody got something out of. So coach, I'll jump in here. Um, obviously very special to see Noah, up on the stage there with some pretty big names as he was a finalist for the Golden Spikes. Uh, our intrepid producer, Chris Cervello, and I are lifelong tortured Orioles fans. So we were happy to see Noah up there with like Adley Richman and, you know, the, the future of the Orioles franchise, if there is a future. Um, but to see Noah in, in and around this group of athletes yeah, you know, just reminds me of of the of what we try to get across all the time about the physical mission at the Naval Academy that that these young women and men are able to compete on the highest level. It's not just with Malcolm Perry signing a pro contract or Naval Academy football winning bowl games or Noah, you know, as a finalist for the baseball equivalent of the Heisman. It's just that the physical mission is is really so important to people's success, both at the Naval Academy and beyond. How much of that do you attribute? Because in my conversations with Bobby and Noah, you know, I think I think it can be said that Noah didn't arrive at the Naval Academy ready to be a fourth round draft pick of the uh, Boston Red Sox. 
So can you talk a little bit as we're about to wrap, can you talk a little bit about your staff, you know, the hard work they're putting in and what they're doing right now in order to keep the current roster uh, at least practicing or engaged? You mentioned a lot of Zoom calls. So if you can expand a little bit on that, that I, I'd appreciate it. It's just what you said, John. It's, it's mental, physical, and emotional. And you need to do all three of those things. And, um, you know, as much as we have communicated, you know, like we had said via Zoom, as much as we have sent out programs, um, this is really going to be a, a little bit of a test. And, and I, I say that with a, with a wry smile, but a little bit of a test of our players that they can take on this, um, let's call it five months, because it'll probably be about five months before they get back to the academy. And can they take those values that, that um, you know, the academy has instilled in them of uh, being disciplined, uh, you know, working hard, being able to do the right thing when nobody's watching, um, being able to uh, present yourself uh, consistently um, without that necessarily environment, this fabulous environment at the Naval Academy that kind of fosters that. Um, and now they're going to have to do that on their own. And um, I think you might have said, you know, what are you as, as a coaching staff going to do? Well, we're certainly going to provide programs and, and provide that emotional support. But, but this is a time where, where greatness can, can, be, can, can be displayed. When you have to do this on your own, when you, have, when you don't have um, a great teammate or a company mate or, or, or someone in your squad that's going to push you, you don't have that right now. They're going to have to take this on independently. And that's every midshipman, um, not just athletes. And uh, they're going to have to be great on their own. And, and um, you know, I have the greatest confidence that that will happen. Um, but this is a fabulous test for them. This is something that um, I think once we're able to settle back in, um, we're going to realize the magnitude and, and quite frankly, the, the unbelievable success of the Naval Academy. Because I really believe after the first week or two, with the type of men and women that we have, we're going to get right back into the swing a heck of a lot quicker. And I don't say that with ego, you know, but a heck of a lot quicker than most schools. Because we know the, the importance of good order. Uh, we know the importance of discipline and, and being prepared. Now, those first couple of weeks will be a little bit of a culture shock. I think to you know all our people, which which is normal, um, but I think we're going to be able to do it, and and I have great confidence right now in the challenge that they're going to have to be ready to come back. You know, sometime I don't want to put a date on it, but sometime at the end of August and beginning of September when we get back and and going at, at this. Well, great wisdom, coach, and and we appreciate you uh, coming on to impart some of that. Uh, one more time on behalf of uh, Ward uh, and uh, Bill Wagner, uh, we really appreciate you coming on to Sing Second Sports today. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that was Paul Kostakopoulos, the baseball coach of the U.S. Naval Academy. We're going to go to break. When we return, we'll have Jared Leans of the Naval Academy baseball team. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. 
All right, we're back on Sing Second Sports. Many thanks to Coach Kostopoulos for talking about the baseball program with us. Uh, interesting conversation. And, and like all of these interviews, it, it ended with a lot of motivation. Uh, Coach Kosti talking about what makes this team uh, so special and the Naval Academy so special. Uh, along those lines, uh, joining us right now from the Naval Academy baseball team, uh, rising senior, actually a firsty now, um, uh, number 51 on the baseball program, Jared Lines. He's from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, really, you know, one of the standouts on the pitching staff was uh, the Patriot League All-Tournament team in 2019, uh, named Freshman All-American in Collegiate Baseball in 2018, and uh, has really stood out um, amongst a lot of big names in, in Naval Academy pitching staffs from, from the past. Uh, Names like Mitch Harris, Luke Gillingham, Noah Song, uh, Jared Lines, I think, is is well positioned to be one of the next names. It's very special. Jared, thank you very much for joining Sing Second Sports. And how have you been handling the pandemic so far? Uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, you know, obviously, I've been trying to keep myself busy during this time, uh, spending a lot of time with family, um, working out, reading some books that I haven't got the chance to um, over my time at the academy. And uh Really just trying to reflect and take this time in to uh, think about the future. So, Jared, um, as you look at where you are now, when you talk about thinking about the future, what are you hearing? What's the gouge going into fall semester? What are you doing uh, for, for the summer, et cetera? Um, how, how are you managing that? Um, well, obviously, there's, there's a lot of gouge floating around right now, but... Um, on my end, I'm just trying to stay ready, um, stay physically fit, stay mentally in the loop, because as of right now, I think we're all planning on going back uh, to start the fall semester. So I want to be able to hit the ground running and make sure that I'm just ready to go. Jared, we were talking with Coach Costi about Noah Song and his development at the Naval Academy. He did not arrive at the Naval Academy as a fourth round draft prospect. He became that at the Naval Academy. Uh, I think you've been of similar progression, I think you would probably say that your development has been significant during your time here. And can you kind of talk about working with Coach Applegate? Yes, sir. I, I would definitely say that, you know, as soon as I got here, I felt like I was a whole nother pitcher. Um, my time since I've been at the academy has, I've seen tremendous growth. And that's obviously a testament to Coach Applegate, uh, Noah Song, who was a huge mentor for me and all my teammates right now. So Coach Applegate, I mean, he's I mean, he's changed my mentality to where I feel confident every time I go out on the mound. Um, he trains us really well in practice with giving us good feedback and just really coaching the mental game on how to attack the zone and get ahead of hitters. Um, Noah Song, you know, obviously, you know, seeing his work ethic every day, uh, it outmatched any other, any other player I've seen, any other midshipman I've seen. And uh, I feel like he rubbed off on us a lot and, you know, caring for us and really pushing us to be the best that we can be. Well, speaking of development, obviously you would have been a different pitcher at the end of this season had it continued than you were at the beginning. And so you lost valuable development time just by losing a good portion of the season. And I don't know what you normally would do in the summer, but I got to figure you would have thrown the baseball during the summer in some co competitive capacity I mean, so how do you make up for the lost time of development? And I think when I talked to Coach Costi, he was hoping that maybe in the fall they'd be given a little more latitude to get with the players to uh, kind of make up for that lost time. What, anything on that front as to how you're going to kind of cram 
some development time so that come spring you're ready? I mean, yeah, for sure. Definitely when you lose when you lose reps, it, it takes a toll on your game. Uh, for me, I actually I tweaked my elbow in the second week of the season. So I missed the, the, the last few weeks of the season that we had. But, you know, I definitely was looking forward to potentially throwing in the summertime. But, you know, at this time, it's really just focusing on what you can control, what you can do to separate yourselves from your from the competition. And, you know, during this time, it's it's doing it's doing the mental things right. Like, you know, studying the game, watching film, uh, making sure you're ready to go so that when the time comes, you're, you're ready for it. And, you know, right now you can either sit back and, and consider this the offseason or you can do whatever you can to make sure that you're ready. And I think just having the mindset that I need to you know, be constantly improving during this downtime to separate myself um, from future competition is really what has driven me to, you know, stay locked in right now. So Jared, you're not only locked in when you're out there on the baseball field, but you know, you've got a very high academic order of merit. You've been named to the commandant's list uh, four times, the dean's list four times, and that probably doesn't reflect uh, this past year yet um, from your uh, Navy sports bio. So yeah, how how is how is the work ethic you've learned from Coach Costi and Coach Bobby Applegate on the baseball field helped you in the classroom? And then, you know, where do you plan to take your classroom experience uh, into the fleet? What do you, what do you want to service select? Where do you want to serve? Yeah, so I mean, you know, growing up, obviously, I've I've always taken academics seriously because at the end of the day, baseball is not going to last forever. So it's, uh, it's always good to have a plan B with academics. And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, just utilizing the resources I have, which are, you know, my classmates helping me out and my major um, professors. And it's really just taking advantage of the, of the little time that you're, you're granted during the school day. So uh, for me, I'm studying mechanical engineering and I hope to either go into naval aviation or possibly to be a nuclear surface warfare officer. So just trying to figure out which of those I want to do. I know they're both um, they both require obviously a lot of studying, a lot of preparation. And I feel like, you know, what I'm doing in school right now will, will best prepare me to go into one of those two services. So that's what I'm looking forward to right now. Hey, so Jared, I'll, I'll close this out. Uh, simple question. Can you walk us through your pitch repertoire? Do you have three pitches, you know, two go-to pitches? And then if you had a choice of facing any current major leaguer and trying to strike him out, who would you want to see stand in the batter's box against you? The right answer is not Chris Davis. I think Ward, Wags, and I could all strike Chris Davis out. But who could you? Uh, who who would you want to face uh, in the batter's box? Who I would want to face? Let's see. I would I would probably want to face Pete Alonso right now, just because he's he's coming off a, a really good rookie campaign. Obviously, he had a, a ton of home runs, and you know he plays with a lot of swag. So. No, I'd like to. I'd like to obviously strike him out, but it it would be very challenging. So I think it'd be a good. I think it'd be a good time. And uh, what what's your what's your pitch repertoire and and what's your go to like strikeout pitch? Pitch repertoire. So I, I throw a four seam fastball, a circle change up, a slider, and a curveball. Um, and go to strikeout pitch is definitely a slider. It's it's something that you know comes out of the same fastball arm slot I have and and has been pretty successful for me in the past. Sounds filthy. Okay. I love it. Well, circle changeup. Uh, Denny Nagel was a local kid from Anne Arundel County, Arundel High School, and he made an entire professional career off the circle changeup. I wrote a lot of stories about Denny Nagel, and he said if he didn't have the circle change, he would never have lasted as long as he did in the major leagues. That's a great pitch. 
Jared, we really appreciate you uh, joining us, having a conversation with us. I know that you're uh, you're on tap like everyone else uh, to take summer school uh, this year, which I know is a, a bummer. Uh, so I wish you uh, good luck with that. And and I know that uh, that Ward Wags and I are are definitely hoping to see you toe the rubber uh, this coming spring. And uh, yeah, if we keep our fingers crossed and and win enough games. You know, maybe we can road trip it out to Omaha and, and socially dista- distance it out there. So, uh, Jared, thank you very much for joining us uh, here on Sing Second Sports, and we wish you good luck through the summer. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate you having me. All right. That was Jared Leans. Uh, we're going to go to one last break, and when we return, uh, Ward Wags and I will take us out. This is Sing Second Sports. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, please shoot us a DM at We Sing Second. That's at We Sing Second. There are a number of national and local sponsorships still available. All right, we're back on Sing Second Sports. We're going to wrap it up right now. Um, I know I'm sounding like a broken record uh, listening to people like Jared, the coaches, the athletes every week, uh, really having a great attitude. Um, in and amongst this crap they've been given, which is, you know, losing seasons and uh, distance learning and, and the COVID pandemic. I, I do know, and, and I wanted to close with this, and I'll kick it to, uh, to Ward and Wags for their opinions. Uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that sports is definitely not a very important thing right now. Um, I also am mindful that it's put into its proper perspective based on what's going on in this country um, in and around the racial unrest. And um, I, I do have to tip my cap to a lot of people in the Naval Academy administration and the Navy uh, writ large uh, with, with how they have reacted to this, how they have um, espoused the virtues of, of social justice. And uh, I I didn't want us to get through this show with it without at least mentioning it. It's not something we're going to discuss with coaches or players, but um, I, I know I speak for you guys uh, when when saying that I've been very impressed with what I've seen on social media and and uh, the Naval Academy's participation in this movement to uh, to find some justice out there. Well, obviously, I follow a lot of the Naval Academy personnel in various sports, but. Football in particular, some people that have platforms, Coach Kenny Amatololo, assistant coach R.B. Green, who played at Navy. Uh, you know, Marcus Edwards is a graduated player who's been very active on social media. And all of them, I think, come from the right place of, of just social justice and doing the right things and uh, no racism, obviously. It's a, so I, I just, I'm proud of those guys because they're you know, Marcus Edwards is an officer in the military, but he doesn't change his, uh, you know, that he's a human being first. In fact, uh, I talked to Marcus and that's the first thing he said. You know, he told me that he was taught from the time he was a little boy how to react with the police because uh, his parents have seen bad things happen in that regard. So, you know, that's something that I never, ever had to learn that from my parents, but for someone like Marcus Edwards, that's a life, the way of life for him. So, you know, but I applaud the RB Greens and Marcus Edwards of the world for using their platform to do the right thing. 
Yeah, I concur. I, I was struck by what Coach Niamatololo tweeted um, uh, that was at once general but pointed. Uh, I mean, it's a class act like Coach always is. I second Wags' impression that what the Navy sports personalities and, and the authorities have done so far seems to be really on target, and that's heartening. Yeah, I agree, Warden. And it, it almost sounds ridiculous to say that we want sports to come back so that things return to normal. Um, things like what are happening right now and the racial unrest. Um, I don't think that goes away with the return of sports, uh, nor should the conversation go away. So hopefully the conversation continues. Hopefully people are safe out there as they continue to protest peacefully and uh, try to bring some more awareness and education to this incredibly important issue. I'll close by saying um, uh, once again, uh, delivering compliments to Bill for, for writing some great stories this week. Um, and your story about Malcolm Perry signing his professional contract and receiving his waiver from uh, the Department of Defense, I, I, for one, will remind people that Noah Song graduated a year ago, uh, more than a year ago, and is still awaiting uh, his waiver, uh, still awaiting his adjudication um, in order to uh, play for the Red Sox. And hopefully that comes. Malcolm didn't have to wait very long. Noah's been waiting a long time, and I know, Wags, you're working on a column uh, about that, and, and we'll talk about that when it comes out. Congrats to Malcolm. Congrats to uh, Jared Lines on you know, an abbreviated season. Obviously, it was shortened by injury, and, and many thanks to Coach Kostakopoulos and Scott Strassmeyer uh, for coming on the regular pod and our Facebook Live. Uh, hopefully, the Sing Second Foursome can all go into the low 80s at Whiskey Creek next week. We're excited to bring you the updates there for Ward Carroll, for our special guest, uh, Bill Wagner. I am John Schofield. Thank you for listening to Sing Second Sports this week. So stay healthy and we are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.